Welcome in, everybody. No exciting intro this week. An absolutely <laughs> somber week for the pod as the Niners lost their third straight heading into the bye. Uh, but obviously the main story here, the Vikings have to say goodbye to our podcast namesake, Kirk Cousins, who tore his Achilles yesterday in the Vikings 24-10 win against the Packers. We're going to start there off the top. I know we got to get into the Niners' loss. You were at the game yesterday, Joey, but... Biggest story by far. Uh, Jimmy has left. He's on the forty not or on the uh, Raiders now, and now the other half of our podcast namesake, Kirk Cousins, may have taken his last snap um, in a Viking uniform after that devastating injury yesterday. Um, nothing worse than this as a fan seeing your quarterback go down for the season. I think the main takeaway is we might have to rename this pod. It might be. I don't know. Nothing Tough. feels great, and we don't like that, so... No. Yeah, Jaron <laughs> Hall and Brock Purdy, not exactly... Can, we can name it, what the fuck happened to Brocktober? <laughs> yeah, what happened to BCB? Because uh, he's looking very average. Uh, no, these get, last you get games. to your Vikings, uh, it sucks. It sucks. Like, quarterback losing, you know, you know, losing their season or their season being over injury, you know... Is just like like you said. I mean, your team won the game, and it's just like nope. Like I forgot that we even won. It's like fourteen point win on the road at the Packers, our biggest rival, and like I forgot the result of the game. It shows like, you how much like the quarterback later. even matters because like you know Kirk is really good, but like I mean I he is really good. I'm gonna leave it at that because I can say like he's like top ten. I think he's top ten. Like some people between ten and fifteen. Like this people, year, people argue like seven. people argue like no one's no one's watching him like you know like a, like they watch Mahomes or some of these other guys, but like he's pretty damn good. But still, it's like he's out and it's like shit, like just <laughs> I mean, totally takes the wind out of this. I mean, he was. I mean, if he the Vikings the didn't turn the ball over so much in the first few games, in the first few games, if if Vikings didn't turn the ball over so much the first few games, I mean, he's got a pretty good case for the MVP. Yeah, with Jefferson out and him playing, I think the last three games, which didn't feature Jefferson, were three of the best games of his career. He's been lights out. He was amazing against the Niners. He was basically perfect yesterday until the injury. Uh, On third down, I think in the last two games, he was like 77% or something on third down converting. I mean, the best he had looked in a Viking uniform, probably the best he had looked in his NFL career this year. Um, he had 16 touchdowns or actually ended up with 18 touchdowns, um, over a hundred passer rating. Like this was his year, the Netflix thing. Everybody started liking him as a person after that. It was like all building towards, Hey, we came back from our bad start. We're four and four. We're in a bad NFC. Oh my gosh, we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to win this thing with Kirk. And then man, devastating. But as sports fans have to do, we have to compartmentalize. We have to say, Hey, we love Kirk. We really appreciate what he brought to this team, but we got to look forward. And uh, I, I guess I could rattle off all the names of the guys that have been brought up in the past 24 hours, and it is a laundry list uh, of options. Trey there. Lance? I, that was the first one I got a text from my uncle. He was like, Trey Lance is available. Uh, I don't think that one's coming to fruition, but um, all sorts of names for, for trades in terms of like minor guys. We had Brissette. Keenum, um, we had Colt McCoy, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, 
you know, options being bandied about. It looks like as of right now, and this is Monday night, 830 uh, Pacific time, we are thinking probably just going to ride it out with Jaron Hall and, and Nick Mullins. Uh, Mullins has been oh, yeah, in the system fine. for a while. <laughs> Hell yeah. Clearly everything's fine. Nick Mullins. I mean, Mullins is coming back next week off IR, supposedly. So, I mean, he there are worse options. Jaron Hall is a worse option than Nick Mullins, but he's the only healthy QB on the roster right now. They obviously have to add somebody just so that they have, you know, a third QB in the room. Sean Mannion's on the practice squad, but he is awful. He started two games for the Vikings over the last five years, and it's just not the guy. Um, I guess looking around the options, I mean, obviously, I would love Tom Brady. That's not going to happen. That would be my number one pick. It would be everyone's number one pick. It's not going to happen. Of the guys that have been mentioned, I don't think Matt Ryan is coming out of retirement. I think he likes his job with CBS. I don't think Nick Foles is coming out of retirement. My only option that I've seen that I think could move the needle even a little bit is Carson Wentz. And even that is just locker room cancer like waiting to happen. So tough situation. As an impartial observer, Joey, is there any direction you would go if, if you were – the Vikings GM, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, because, I mean, you don't want to give up assets this year. You're not going to win the Super Bowl. Very unlikely you're going to win a playoff game. So you don't want to give up draft compensation for a guy. So where would you go if you were in charge? Hmm. I mean, yeah, none of those. I mean, I, I would, Carson Wentz, honestly, was the first guy that I thought of. Um, I don't know that Atlanta would move him, but, I mean, you could take a look at Taylor Heineke, but he might be their starter right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely no, wouldn't mind Heineke. Heineke actually began his career with the Vikings and was a freaking preseason superstar back-to-back years. I think this was 2016, 2017. I was like, man, that guy really tries hard. And, I mean, lo and the, behold, he the better, the, game. the better options that I think you didn't mention, mostly because I don't think there's any chance the teams would give them up. Not because they're not starters, but like I don't think the Niners are giving up Sam Darnold with – you know, no, Purdy's no concussion way. and Purdy's like just right now, just you know. Well, we'll get into that. But uh, the other one, <laughs> I thought Tannehill. Cooper Cooper Rush. You oh, know? okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was okay for for Dallas. I, I think they won. I just really don't think Dallas wants defense. Trey. Yeah, I mean, it's something. Um, yeah. You want to? I mean, you could take a run at. Like maybe like one of the young, I mean Jared Stidham, but Denver paid him a lot of money to be a backup. Um, the one that's been talked about is Tannehill, and I just don't see it. I mean, they said, you know, he'll probably be healthy by next week, so they could trade for him at the deadline, even though he's coming off an ankle injury. But you're looking more like a guy. Drew Locke too. Yeah. <laughs> like take a flyer, unlike one of the those. The sad two. thing is, is like basically every name that is thrown out is someone that makes you go ugh, and it's like the only ones that. You know, are realistic because Andy oh Dalton in Carolina Vikings Twitter. That's what I was going to say. Is Andy Dalton actually? I would not mind that at all. Here's what Vikings Twitter is saying: realistic Twitter, realistic sports media. Adam Schefter. These guys are like, okay, possibilities. Tannehill, pretty unlikely. Dalton, maybe. Jacoby Brissett, maybe. Colt McCoy, likely, because he is you know out of a job right now and knows O'Connell's system. He worked with him for three years. I'm like, okay, Vikings Twitter is like Andrew Luck. I'm like, Andrew Luck. Hello. Did you? Did you yeah. Andrew Luck. Not going to uh, happen. Andrew, Tom Brady. And, not going to happen. Andrew Luck's ESPN article says he hates football. 
So <laughs> let's get a guy who doesn't want to play. Like, okay. So yeah, tough situation. I mean, we're four and four. If you look at the, NFC, I actually think Jacoby Brissett is not an option because I I think he might get dealt to like, I I think he's gonna have a pretty high market, and I don't think it's a market Minnesota wants to pay The Jets should draft definitely picks. take a look at him. Absolutely. As we get towards the deadline, I was like, I mean, the Jets have to get somebody, and the Vikings have to get somebody. I don't think they're gonna break the bank, especially given their salary cap situations, but. Brissett will be moved, you would think, because Sam Howell is Washington's If you really, Again, I don't even think the Niners would give this guy up, but I believe Brandon Allen has spent some time with like that system, yeah. and Zach Taylor's system in Cincinnati. But the Niners kept him, again, I mean, I, I think they wanted to get rid of Trey Lance way before they actually did, but part of that was Brandon Allen being the third guy. And mm-hmm. on, the Niners, on the Niners team, that... that that role in the depth chart plays sometime in the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, don't, I don't think either of the Niners' backups are on the radar, and for good reason. I mean, they may need them at some point later in the year. So, yeah, not. I mean, not a lot of good options. As of right now, I would say the most Gabbard. likely option is staying pat. I think the second most likely option is a Colt McCoy type, someone who's been in the system and is a veteran. Um, we just got to hope either Jaron Hall is really good. Nick Mullins can do something uh, with this offense when Jefferson comes back, as Jefferson is due to come back the week after next. We will see. I really hope they make a splash move. I would. I guess if I was the GM, the, I would. I would do something. I mean, like, we're four, and four, and the NFC is bad. Like, like bad, bad. <laughs> like I like I said, if you, I'm gonna give like myself a little credit because because we were like. Okay, should what should we do? Tank? I was like, absolutely, under no circumstance do you tank, and like, look what this got you four and four. Like, like you have to reward the team. I mean, it's they need a they need a positive. And I think if we say, hey, if we get somebody in here, like we'll 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 we're not just gonna say, Jaron Hall, like you know, sink or swim, like yeah, like trade trade a fifth or sixth or something for like a Colt McCoy and Andy Dalton, just some guy who like. Simply, I mean, worst case scenario, I mean, instead of seven in a Gatorade bottle for Brian Hoyer or something, like, <laughs> get somebody in there. Yeah, um, I, the, the message has to be sent to the team. Hey, you guys have battled back from an, a nightmare start. I don't think it's, see, now that I think about it, I don't think it's a, a guy like Carson Wentz. I mean, remove like removing even just like the locker room stuff. Like I, I don't think taking a guy who's unemployed does a, as much of a jolt as like some guy who oh we did have to like give up something because some other team right. wanted him, like just signing Carson Wentz or, you know any one of those Matt Ryan any one of those guys like, no like get somebody who's been on a team like the yeah. brain is still wired in meeting rooms, you know from being you know on a roster I think, I think that could give them. Because I mean, I, the 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 division might be out of reach, probably. I mean, because yeah, Detroit's now six and two. I mean, it's only two games, but their their schedule and yeah. And but just, looking at the NFC, it wouldn't have been it, it wouldn't have been if if uh, Kirk didn't get hurt. I oh, absolutely. I mean, he was playing so well, and our upcoming schedule is so easy that like, hey. We really could have been there. And it, looking around the NFC, there's got to be seven teams, and I think there's only six good teams in the NFC, maybe five. So, uh, you know, whoever comes out of the NFC South plus the Niners and Seahawks, the 
uh, Cowboys and Eagles and then the Lions, and then someone else has to make it. It's not going to be wow, I really, Washington. I, yeah, I'm just looking at it right now. I'm like, holy crap. Like, not that I really ever thought, like, the Niners, like, damn, we're going to have to fight to make the playoffs. I mean. You're not. But, like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I don't, like, dude, Washington. I don't know. Like, I think we'll figure it, figure it out. But, like, yeah, I mean, we got the, a bye, but then we got Jacksonville. I mean, Tampa is not great, but decent defense. And after that, we get the trifecta with Seattle, Philly, Seattle. Yeah, things are getting interesting. We'll talk about the uh, the – you know, replacement options for Kirk Cousins here again in a little bit, but let's head over to the Niners. Uh, just before we close that out, my order of quarterbacks that I want that are realistic, let's go with Dalton, Tannehill, Wentz in that order, and we'll see where that goes. Uh, would love Teddy, but there's no way Detroit's giving him up. Um, all right. No, the final thing on that, the guy that did pop into my head that I don't know if Detroit is, would give him up or if he's healthy would be Hendon Hooker. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no way. There's, I mean, they're not going to try to help a division. I mean, they did with Hawkinson last year, but they, their season was over at that point. They thought they were like one and seven or whatever. Um, let's head over to the Niners. Uh, man, five and zero, oh, flying high. After that Cowboy game, you're like, man, this team might go fifteen and two and just cakewalk to the Super Bowl. Uh, it has not gone that way. You were at the game on Sunday, your first game in person this season. Uh, you got to see your boy Joey B in action, uh, but man, you come out of that game frustrated as hell with that Niner defense, I'd imagine. Yeah, where do I start? Um, boy, I th- hitting the skids is an understatement. Um, but yeah, it starts for me. It starts and and ends with their defense. Um, I think there's an outside chance Steve Wilkes gets fired with this bye week. Like, mm. I saw Richard Sherman's podcast today, and he was giving it to Steve Wilkes. Like, just talking. He was talking schemes way more than I can talk it, obviously. And he had been on this team with, with these schemes, with Sala and D'Amico. I don't know if he was on the team when D'Amico was the coordinator, but D'Amico was at least the linebacker coach. And just the way he's talking about it is just... Kind of what I texted you is just like they look and sound like a like a pitcher who knows he's tipping pitches, and it and it looks like it. Like every time we 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 are aggressive, here comes a perfectly timed screen pass by by you know like like I said Kevin O'Connell by Zach Taylor by Stefanski three weeks ago it was like okay mm-hmm. perfect screen pass. Oh they, they're they're rushing six or seven this time. Here comes like a perfect perfectly timed wide receiver screen or like just quick quick game uh the Niners actually got to Burrow yesterday twice Eric Armstead you know got to him um I'm so sick of PFF numbers PFF tells me that I see that Nick Bosa leads the league in pressures I'm like well he's got like one sack while being blocked so like I don't know what to take with those numbers I I expect way more out of our passers especially against these average to below average offensive lines and then on top of that, because we're getting the ball out, so our coverage is awful. Like, I know Jamar Chase is, is an elite receiver, but some of these, like, he's wide open. He's wide open everywhere <laughs> all over the field. And not just Chase. I mean, that guy Irwin was wide open a lot. Obviously, Higgins is, is good, but Boyd was open a ton. These are second, third, fourth options in the offense that were just running wide like, open. Like, the Bengals, when humming, like, are obviously – Super talented on offense, but 
Yeah, I, I mean, even Joe Mixon, he was back. He was back home. Uh, probably had a ton of, you know, family friends watching the game or at the game. And there was a play. He took a run and he just trucked Dre Greenlaw, who never gets hit. Like Dre Greenlaw was take your head off, get a fifteen yard penalty while doing it. Like he's like one of the, like the biggest just tone setters on this team, full of tone setters. Well, should be on defense. And he took Mixon, hook one up the middle, and just put his shoulder into his chest, and, and then kind of like pointed at him, did a little like you know, huh, huh, who's your daddy? Um, yeah, I just the the Niners like. Beyond just X's and O's have just been shoved around, especially the last two weeks, which never happens. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like the one thing. Like, we might struggle to score some points offensively, especially when when it was Jimmy. But it's like we were always, like, the baddest dudes on the block. And last two games, nope. Like, and, and, and I think it's rattled them. Like, I think, yeah. that, I think also, like, they're – on top of just getting out-schemed, especially on defense, by these opposing either head coaches or offensive coordinators. Like, it's just, yeah, I think them getting pushed around is is a hurt to their ego when that is kind of what you hang your hat. Like, if the Chiefs gets pushed around, I don't think it hurts them as much because, like, well, we have better players. Like, we have best player in the league, you know? Yeah. Like, the Eagles, I don't think, ever get pushed around that offensive line or defensive line. But if someone physical, like, I mean, they have good players. But the Niners, like... Especially with, I mean, arguably their two biggest tone setters on the roster, Trent Williams and, and Debo Samuel, out. Yeah. Like, them getting pushed around, like, I. It, it, they're, it's they're a shock to the system. 0 2 this year when those two missed, missed the game. And I think that's. Somebody, the somebody right said there. this, they're, they're now, well, I don't think the Bengals did it, but they're 0 2 when the other team comes out with the boombox. <laughs> like, and everyone laughs at it, but I'm like, you know. It's not the actual boombox, but it's, you know, like Cleveland. Cleveland's, like, they had that, you know, pregame, you know, kerfuffle. But, like, other teams are like, okay, like, we're going to, like, kind of, you know, punch back, punch the bully back. And, like, yeah. the Niners is the bully, like, are like, okay, whoa. Like, we have no problem bullying, like, Dallas. Like, the Niners think Dallas is a bunch of just pretenders over there. Right, right. Like, but Cleveland's defense and even their offense – and along with Minnesota, like just and then last week, yesterday, Cincinnati. I mean, they're getting pushed around, which I just don't, on paper should never happen. Yeah, it hasn't happened since the twenty twenty. I don't like. How does their defensive line get shoved around? Their front seven. I mean, like that's not physically possible with how with how talented they are. Bosa, like and, and Hargrave, all of them, and all of them, Love, all of them, Hargrave. high motors. Fred, yeah. all these guys, smart, high motor, like they're not people who take plays off. They are getting pushed around. I think partly because they're half second or or full second, just like oh shit, like they don't know what's coming. Like they're, they're losing games like in, in the middle of the week. That's what I feel like. I mean, we're starting to see maybe why Steve Wilkes was a one and done head coach. This defense is really like, and I I might have been wrong because I thought he was a great hire. I thought he did a pretty good job in Carolina. Last year, after you know they fired Matt Rule, he was on my short list, uh, along with I. They I think they tried to get Vic Fangio, but I think Miami just offered him a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I and I think the other thing too, and, and I do, again, the Niners are so they've been so like again, lack of a better word, they've been bullies and they've been like, um, like being I don't know, like intimidating is very much a part of like the win games because they have to be like right like their offense usually with Jimmy couldn't 
you know, put, and I think a huge thing, like Steve Wilkes is just such a different personality than like, like Sala and D'Amico. Like those guys were jacked up on the field, on the sidelines, like hitting everyone in the helmet, you know, punching their pads. Like, yeah. like Steve Wilkes is very like calm and like he, and he also sits He's in the press in box. The yeah. And I think, like, honestly, I would not be shocked if the players like go to the bench and are just like, cause you, I think you only talk when you're on that phone, right? Yeah. You should go to the bench and like. Do you think they're just like, what the hell is going on? Like, yeah. Like they can't I just mean, talk. Like, what, what is? What are they doing? Seven seasons of like a rah rah defensive coordinator pumping them up on the sideline when they make a play, and now. Or like, you know, and then when things go bad, like like either like one of the defensive captains, you know, Fred or Armstead, or even like Bosa, or or you know, they got you know, I mean, they've got guys who know what they're doing on defense. Could go up to one of those guys, Sala or or D'Amico, or conversely, like Sala can get in like you know Fred's face and be like, "Dude, you missed this." Is like, does that happen? Like, hold each other accountable type thing. And like, I I just I don't know what Steve Wilkes. You don't see him. He's up, right. And also the other guys, big like D'Amico was an NFL linebacker. Robert Sala, linebacker coach. Like they're just like <laughs> more. I don't know, like in your face personalities and Steve Wilkes is like he's he was a defensive backs coach right like, just completely different I don't know I encourage you if you or whoever the heck is listening to this if you really want to know listen to Richard Sherman's podcast as he talks about the X's and O's maybe. and it's just like yeah they're, they're playing way different they play that wide nine defense and Nick Bosa looks like he's this year looks like he's in another zip code like yeah, he, he like looks like he's covering the slot off the, yeah <laughs> I noticed that when I was watching the the um you can do this feature on YouTube TV where you watch all the key plays in the game so I could kind of catch up. And I was like, man, they have like Bosa and um, and Randy Gregory just like literally like 15 like, I'm just like, feet away I just want to like, like for even from this, my seat, I'm just like, like no wonder they run the ball. There's like massive gaps. So you're They're asking Hargrave and, and Armstead to do well, so the, the, but much. The, that's the, but, but like I said last week, the Niners, their run defense starts and ends with those two stud linebackers. Mm-hmm. And, and and just right now I'm noticing, like, again, you saw it against the Vikings. I mean, they were running guys, and Fred, like, I, I think he's the best middle linebacker in football, but, like, he's just a step late on run plays, on pass plays. Like, his numbers are still great, but I just, he... Just from the first five games, I don't know. Maybe they got these these teams have tape on the Niners defense with Steve Wilkes this year, and they just and again too the Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell, and Zach Taylor all run the same like kind of scheme. So we'll see. But I mean, the next game is against Doug Peterson, like a good offensive coach, like with good quarterback. Like yeah, so Jaguars are good, really good. Last three games, if Moody makes the kick, that's six and zero. Oh. You know, if the Vikings don't play essentially a perfect game, the Niners probably pull that one out. If Purdy doesn't throw that pick at the end, who knows? Maybe they go down and win that game dramatically. This one was different. This game was more. It of was. A beat it down. was different. But I mean, you could even argue, like you said with the Vikings. Like I mean, I think we stopped you guys like twice on first like goal to go. Like, yeah. Maybe with. I don't want to say like with Jefferson because you could then say like with the nine like Trent or like I don't like doing that. But like, if we don't hold you to field goals or even. I don't know if we got a turnover. It might have just been field goals. Like those are touchdowns. Like this, the game is not that close. Yeah. But I, but this one, yeah, like start to finish, and then I mean the Brock Purdy thing is so frustrating because the last two games, I I think he's played as like better than he's ever played. Like against the Vikings, the first three quarters before, 
Which actually sounds like, when did he get a concussion? And then right. I saw the replay of the sneak where I think one of the linebackers like just... I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, he got <laughs> clocked right in the head. Yeah. And then after that hit, he was like two of six with two of the worst picks you'll ever see. And like... Yeah. Which again, like, I don't... I thought he played the first three quarters against the Vikings so well. And I thought yesterday he yeah. was really good. Made some athletic plays, scrambling out of the pocket. But then the red zone pick, which was at the end of, like, our end. Both both yeah. picks were at our end, where we were sitting. Like, we're in yeah. the corner of one of the end zones. And you're just like, uh, what the <laughs> hell was that? And, like, the first one, I, I heard that it was supposed to be a run play. Like, somebody screwed up. And, like, it turned into, like, this scramble bullshit. And like yeah. him and Elijah Mitchell like looked like they were standing right next to each other, and he tried to throw it just bat, just throw it out of bounds, or like yeah. you know. But the second one was like, Oof. I saw it like one more angle. He dropped it, and I'm like in my head, I'm like, oh, he's gonna do it, like he's gonna throw it right. And I'm like, up, oh. and I'm like, I was like, that was Jimmy, like that was Jimmy, like <laughs> I, I just I would love to just ask him, like honestly, Brock, like no judgment here, like this won't affect your uh, performance review. You know, in this one-on-one meeting, Brock. But did you see that guy? Like, legitimately. Like, did you see him? Yeah, he did. Because if you didn't, that's a great decision. He's wide open. But he was there. Like, so, like, did Kyle tell... I saw... Because that pick was the very next throw from the pick. Right. Right. I saw Kurt Warner on Twitter today basically saying, Hey, anybody who's criticizing Purdy for these last two games needs to watch the tape basically perfect for 80, I thought he was really good yeah but and then these but then this, it's four of just the what the hell yeah like that's yeah. my biggest thing is like compared to like how he was previously playing when he was going like undefeated I think his play overall his better plays are even better like I think he is better but his mm-hmm. worst plays way worse like right like and it's and like, it's because it's because you know the defense isn't putting him in advantageous positions. He's having to come back and try to win games from behind, which he hasn't had to do yet in his NFL career. And I mean, I saw this stat uh, under Shanahan: the Niners are zero and thirty-four when trailing by eight or more points in yeah. the fourth quarter. I mean, it's like they I don't even do understand how that's I don't even understand how that's possible. It's because they're always ahead, you know. Especially I know, with, but but even know. then, if they're always ahead, that's still like what thirty something opportunities to come back and like. <laughs> Not one and they time. haven't done it once. It's pretty I think crazy. I read something there like one and something when trailing by three. Yeah, it's like oh and a bunch when it's like eight. But if it even I mean, if it's only three, the, even if it's only three, it's like a lot one of those and twenty. Are the oh and ten start when you know pre Jimmy and you know the year where Jimmy was out for the year. I get it, but man. Uh, perfectly timed by for the Niners them being on a three game losing streak. They need to get right. Uh, both the Vikings and Niners probably got to make some kind of a move over the next couple weeks um, to try to remain competitive after crazy situations heading into Week 9. Uh, let's look ahead at Week 9. Let's start with Thursday Night Football. Uh, Tennessee at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's favored by three. Uh, Will Levis, man. I mean, I don't know if you caught his highlights. Did not see that I ca- coming. I caught his uh, ex-girlfriend <laughs> all over the internet. <laughs> yeah, so I've seen a lot of those TikToks where it's like uh, he dumped... His ex-girlfriend all of a sudden has four touchdowns in his first career game. They just show him being like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, oh my God, it's hilarious. <laughs> but, I mean, I did not see that coming from him. He's a guy who... They I showed think you... at the game, for some reason, they chose that one to do like their highlight game. Like It's basically mm-hmm. a sponsored like, ad for Red Zone. 
and they show like that game, but like his touchdown, like oh my god, like a bombs away to yeah. like uh, impressive. I mean, I didn't catch too he, much. So of the he had three. He had three touchdowns that he threw to uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which two of them were Hopkins making great plays. One of them was a clear pass interference on Hopkins that they didn't call. That fourth touchdown to Westbrook Akine, that is like, oh my God, that is an yeah, NFL superstar throw. <laughs> He's rolling to his right, throws back to the left. It like just makes you think, like, what was he year. doing in practice to like not get this opportunity earlier over Malik Willis <laughs> right. or Ryan Tannehill? Because... He was like neither of those guys have that in the bag. Like even if there's no no. defense, even if it's just seven on seven or something, could either one of those guys toss those balls? And he has that gigantic tattoo on his bicep. Dude, every time he throws, I think of that dude in Twenty Two Jump Street. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Uh, Yes, I do know who you're talking about. Every time I see it with the tattoo, I'm like, that's the dude from Twenty Two Jump Street. And he's just flexing after every yeah. touchdown. I'm like, hey, maybe the Titans got something here. Um, but they are three-point underdogs at Pittsburgh, who Pittsburgh cannot move the ball. That's going to be an odd game because I think the storyline is going to be, oh, the coronation of Levis as the Tennessee franchise quarterback. He's a beast. Let's see what he can do. But then Tomlin is probably going to have other ideas. That's why Pittsburgh is favored. Uh, pretty decent game on Thursday night. But the the main matchup, let's... Uh, Let's call this the game of the week. Miami against Kansas City in Frankfurt, Germany. Kansas City favored by two and a half. What a matchup for those German people. I mean, why are we sending our best game? I was just saying, this is criminal that this game is in Germany. Exactly. This needs to be in America. Like, this is American football. What are we doing? Send them Jacksonville against somebody. I don't, I get it. Like, okay, let's market the NFL. Because, like, I mean, if the NFL really did go global, like, it's over for the other sports. Like it's just <laughs> over, like it's now Earth sport. If if the NFL goes like to Europe and like, like I mean, really, they're taking on football, like L football in in <laughs> Europe, and they're like, no, we're bringing the NFL and we're gonna, and, you know, I, I get it, but like, what's the end goal? Like, just kind of like side, like, are they really thinking about having a London? Germany oh, I think division. that's the long, long-term goal. I like, how lo- how honestly freaking logistically is that possible? I think it's only possible if you add several teams. So, like, if you, ha- you have, like, I don't know, maybe you expand the league to 36 teams and you have four out there in Europe. Yeah, but how like. would you do the conferences? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe move, you know, two from the AFC to the NFC or something. I don't know. There's, there's... Anyways, my point is, like, <laughs> fine. I don't want to say Jaguars because they're like good, but yeah, I mean, why? Like this game is going to impact the AFC picture big time. Send them and it's Carolina in Germany. versus Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in Germany. This like, should be an Arrowhead. This like, is... like you know, I'm not here to like pump up the Chiefs' tires here, but like they've earned this game in Kansas City. Like, make yeah, Miami I mean, beat the Chiefs in... By far, by far the biggest international game Not ever. even close! 6-2 <laughs> and two versus 6-2. and two. The winner uh, moves to the number one spot in the AFC. Um, one note that I had here that I wanted to uh, pass along to you. Mahomes has 15 touchdowns and 8 picks. Russell Wilson has 16 touchdowns and 4 picks. What the hell's going on with Kansas City? That game was nuts on Sunday. They said Mahomes was sick. I get it. It was cold. But, I mean, man, Kansas City looked awful in that game. You can call it a one-game blip, but it's that just was my whole wild. thing. Like, people just 
just in general, people just want to see the stats the way they want to see them. Like, <laughs> like I don't like. I think Mahomes could go like a thirty for thirty Jameis Winston season, and like people would think, oh, that's the best player in the league. And it's like, is he? Like, <laughs> just threw thirty picks. Like, I mean, obviously that's never going to happen, but. Yeah, I mean, just it's just how quickly just narrative just just like like Kirk, he's just been crushed his entire career. I'm like, he's pretty damn good. Like, yeah. you you want you ain't gonna you have to look real hard to find someone better that someone's willing to get rid of, or yeah. like you have to suck real hard to get somebody in the draft. But yeah, like Mahomes, Russell Wilson is playing a lot better than he was last year, and Mahomes and the Chiefs' offense, you know, might have some issues. But yeah, that's yeah, why. All that being said, this is a really good game. Kansas City favored by two and a half. Miami struggles against the good teams, beats the living crap out of the bad teams. This it's a, a huge, huge advantage for, for them Miami. that it's not in Kansas City. Yes. And I've, from what I've heard, uh, McDaniel is having uh, the Dolphins leave like right now on Monday. That's smart. Uh, to spend a whole week there. The Jaguars Kansas played Kansas Buffalo and beat Buffalo. And... Yeah. That was a huge advantage to Jaguars. That not only did they, that was their second London game, so they didn't even have the time thing. But the fact that that game was not in Buffalo, I mean, it's huge. Huge advantage, and they had you know all that rest advantage. I believe Buffalo came in on a Thursday or a Friday. I think they came on Friday. Yeah. So you know, Miami looks to be a team that that the public is going to bet this week. I look towards Kansas City just because of the pedigree. I feel like they'll get it right. Um, but we'll have to see on that one. I mean, that's definitely the game of the week. Another candidate for game of the week, Baltimore hosting Seattle. Uh, Seattle now first place in the NFC West. Baltimore first place in the AFC North. Baltimore favored by five and a half. It's the game of the morning for sure. Um, I thought Seattle was super lucky to get away with a win in their game against Cleveland. It really took a boneheaded play called by Stefanski uh, when it was third and three. They just need to run it twice and get three yards to win the game. They decided to do a play-action pass. It got picked. The Seahawks go right down the field to win the game. I thought they were very lucky to win that one. And then Baltimore, I mean, they basically put together a C-plus effort because that's all they needed against Arizona. Wanted to get out there without any injuries. Um, I think Baltimore probably should roll in this one unless Seattle finds something on offense. It's just kind of been a little bit clunky with Geno. Uh, I've been texting Evan a lot about the Seahawks, and he's like, Everything is there. It's just Geno is not playing well. So I lean Baltimore here in this one. Yeah, go Baltimore. Put up a 50. <laughs> now, the yeah. Ravens are actually, I, I mean, I was kind of a Raven hater a little bit before the season just because, number one, I just, I just, I need to see it with Lamar, mostly to stay healthy for 16, 17 games. And he is. And he's putting up an MVP season. I mean, there's nothing, the Ravens are really good. Yeah, and I think they should control the ball in this one. I kind of like Baltimore there. Probably not going to make it into my best five picks of the week, but I lean Baltimore there. Um, Arizona at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland has to have this one. They're favored by seven uh, just to keep up with Baltimore and, and the resurgent Bengals. Um, probably won't what talk a division. about that game too I just much. think about my what a division, the AFC North. Oh, yeah. All teams have winning records, and Cincinnati is on the come up. Baltimore looks Super Bowl contender status. I mean, tough, tough division there. Um, we got to talk about Rams at Packers. Packers are favored by three because the feeling is that Matthew Stafford will miss this game with a UCL injury in his thumb. Um, man. That sounds like a pro- precursor to Tommy John. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was like, UCL in the elbow? They're like, no, UCL in the thumb. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. Um, but, man, these were the two worst teams, on at least in terms of performance last weekend. The Rams were, I believe, down 33-3 to at one point against Dallas. And then the Packers against the Vikings. They did not get a first down until like three minutes left in the second quarter against the Vikings defense, which isn't exactly a world beater. Uh, Jordan Love is awful. That was the first time I've watched, you know, every single snap of the game with a rooting interest. I was like, okay, let's see what Jordan Love really is. He is atrocious. Like, I watched that game and was like, this is a guy who never gets the ball out of his hands in time. Like, his, by the time he's ready to throw, he's either been sacked or the receivers have given up on their route and it's a scramble drill and he tries to make something happen. Like, this is a guy who has no grasp of the offense and no feel for the game. Green Bay was so bad last week and yet they're favored by three because the Rams appear to be falling apart. So, uh, wild game there. Joey, let's talk about this Washington and New England game. Two teams going nowhere fast. Can you believe the Pats are favored by three in this? Like that, I thought that was a really weird line. <sighs> what a shit game. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think I think the I think Washington's been competitive with Philly. I, I mean, obviously, I think they stink, but that's the thing. They've been competitive with Philly and then can't beat the Giants. That's true. Like I, I mean, you look at. The I saw on ESPN. Rex, Washington's got dudes. I, they have. They're way more talented. What their like play and record is. Yeah. Which is why, like, I saw on Countdown Sunday, before I left, or maybe I saw it like later, in, like on YouTube or something. But like uh, Rex Ryan kind of said, like, you guys won't say it because you guys aren't coaches, but I'll say it. He basically like Ron Rivera sucks ass. It's basically <laughs> what he said, and I'm like. <laughs> I mean that's pretty harsh, but can't disagree. Like you've I been mean, saying that for weeks. I have. Like, I what just. What do? Do they, what do they do? Like he's he's a culture guy, and they might have the worst culture in the league. Like their yeah, defense isn't that's good. Why. Like everyone who's got, who's worth anything on that team seems like they're on the trade block. Like next. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, everyone but McLaurin's going to get traded. <laughs> like yeah, I mean they drafted. I mean Chase Young. Like wow, has his career fallen off a cliff? Like, I they they're they're awful. They need and, a full reset. Absolutely. And the Patriots are awful, but you know they've they, been playing a little bit better. They have. They've had moments. I mean, beat Buffalo. That's a big win. Uh, Chicago at New Orleans. New Orleans minus seven. I, uh, the Saints have reemerged as a South favorite, in my opinion. I think Atlanta stinks. I think Tampa Bay stinks. I think Carolina stinks. New Orleans was just hucking the ball against Indianapolis. Derek Carr throwing deep bombs to Rashid Shahid over and over. I think he had, it was like a Randy Moss stat line, like three catches for 160 and two touchdowns. Like, they were bombing it. I think New Orleans has kind of gotten over that early season um, issue that they had with protecting Carr and Carr just kind of throwing the ball too quickly. They had that game where they threw it to Kamara 13 times for 33 yards where it was just check down after check down. Um, I think New Orleans has got it right. I think they roll against Chicago here. Uh, I want to talk about Tampa Bay at Houston. Houston favored by two and a half. Really leaning towards picking Houston in this spot. This is a must win for D'Amico, and I think this is a Tampa Bay team that's on the slide. Yeah, t- I did not think they were going to lose to Carolina. That was a tough loss for uh, one of uh, my faves, our faves on the pod. But yeah, that that's. I think that I think they beat Tampa Bay. I, I think. 
I think like like you say here, it's a must win for both. I I like I like Houston, especially at home. I think they get back on track. We move into the late window on Sunday. This is the game of the late window for sure. Dallas at Philly. Philly only favored by two and a half. I don't think that this is the game of the week. I think it's obviously Miami, Kansas City, maybe even Seattle, Baltimore. I think Philly's going to roll here. I think they have had Dallas's number for a while now. I mean, probably since like the 2017 season. They basically own this rivalry. Really like Philly uh, in this spot. You've played against Dallas this year, and you kind of saw what they're all about. They seem to be beating up on the bad teams and losing to the good teams. Do you like Philly here as well? Yeah. I I think Philly. I mean, I really thought my Niners were the best team in, in the NFC. Maybe the NFL, but I Philly's clearly, I think, the best team in the NFC right now. Um, although I think Detroit's close. Um, Philly, I, they're, they're, their offensive line and like A.J. Brown, I mean, throw his hat in that ring best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, he's got to be I second mean, behind Hill right now, huh? I mean, you could make an argument he's number one. I mean, you really could. First I mean, player, I think, Because I just think, I just think, I mean, it's so, because you always lean the bigger guy. Even, right. you don't really care how fast Tyreek is, like, especially just in these violent sports. Like, the, I mean, A.J. Brown looks like he was built like Hercules. And... <laughs> I mean, he's he's catching the moon balls. He's catching the digs over the middle. I mean, he, he can do anything and everything. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, looking at the matchup, I mean, Dallas with no digs hurts. I And I just, I mean, Philly's offensive line is, I mean, you, I, I would argue they're the best unit in the entire league. Like, and of any, any skill group, any position, like, they're better than the, you know, whatever group of receivers you want to name or like. Well, I think the the other unit that a lot of people would say is comparable is the Dallas defensive line. So that's going to be a hell of a match. Well, I would have said the Niners defensive line, but that's not possible. (laughs) Yeah. So that's the game of the late window. I mean, that's a really good one. I'm going to definitely take Philly in my picks later. Uh, Then we got two absolute duds after that. We got the Giants at the Raiders minus three. I don't really care about that one. That's probably the worst game of the day. And then Indy, uh, minus two and a half at Carolina. One point I wanted to make here for for listeners who've been betting on on the NFL like us. Uh, Indy is the over team this year. Like every game they play, their defense is just sneaky awful. Every game they play ends up being a 50, 60 point game. Uh, the line on this one's still like 42 and a half, 43. Take the over in those games. Like Indy cannot play defense. So that's one to look at there. Let's talk about Sunday night football. Uh, the Bengals are officially back. Watch out. Uh, they're minus two against Buffalo on Sunday night, and I think they roll in this one too. I mean, they look like they are fully back. Burrow is fully healthy. The defense looked good uh, for the, the second straight week. I mean, watch out for Cincinnati, huh? That was one thing I uh, noticed it being at the game yesterday, which the NFL is just it's such a big, obviously, you know, Captain Obvious here, but like you go to any NFL game, like there's always like quite a bit of opposing fans there, just because there's fans of every team like everywhere. You wouldn't you wouldn't think it, but like even if you went to like a a Niners like Panthers game, like there's quite a bit of Panther fans. So you're like, where the hell are you from? Like maybe not like as much as obviously like a, a like a Green Bay or like Dallas or Pittsburgh come to town, but like mm-hmm. I mean, so there were some Bagel fans there, and I walking out of the stadium, I heard these guys talking, and they're like. 
they really thought the one seed wasn't out of the question. Like, the Bengals, like, in the AFC. They're one and a half back of the one seed. And it's like, why not? Yeah. And you look at this matchup, how banged up Buffalo is on defense and with the Bengals' offense. The thing that I noticed, too, like, I just post-game from yesterday, is, like, the Bengals' defense is actually, like, sneaky, really good. Like, uh, you know, their front... DJ Reader uh, in the interior had a huge game. Jake Brendel gave up the most pressures he's given up, I think, uh, in his tenure as a Niner. Um, he blew up a couple running plays. Obviously, their linebackers had a couple picks, and then no one was, you know, you know, getting super open down. There. I know Ayuk had a hundred yard game, but I mean, they're they're they they let a what's his name Jesse Bates go in free agency, yeah. and, and and you know they've been fine back there. But yeah, I mean they're and their D coordinator Lou. Uh, Anaru- I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, Lou Anarumo. I mean, he'll be a head coaching candidate here at some point. That's, yeah, I mean, he's... Now three straight years they've been really good on Yeah, these. so, well-oiled machine. And, you know, Buffalo, again, they're one of those teams, especially if they don't knock you out in the first, like, quarter and a half, they get tight and they don't, they, they don't function as well, you know. They're a team that, like, they win a lot of games 42 to 14, <laughs> Uh, when they, they get rolling, and they lose a lot of games. Game. Well, they lose a lot of games that are like 24-21. Like, oh wow, couple turnovers from Josh, and yeah. like, you know, it just gets, but it just gets tight. But yeah, the Bengals. Obviously, I, I would assume Burrow's calf is perfectly fine. I, it's in Cincinnati. I yeah, I, I think they roll. Yeah, I was surprised that was only two. I thought it'd be three or three and a half. So definitely be taking that one and then monday night football the chargers coming off that huge win against uh the uh bears on sunday night football why do we keep getting the chargers in prime time there on monday night favored by three at well, the I can Jets? That. uh you get the uh, the fan the the <laughs> buffalo wild wings uh fan fan girl who you know the hat oh my god yeah the per- perfectly timed uh fan you know with the ad when they get all these primetime games they get the you know chiefs Chiefs game, Chargers Chiefs with CBS, Tony Romo. And then you get uh you get Sunday night, and now you get Monday night, you know, perfectly, you know, perfectly way to set up a a, a fan with a, an ad. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean I Herbert's been good. I don't know. I you don't get he any was really for good against bad teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm, they're favored by three here. Obviously, the Jets played like absolute shit in that battle against the Giants. That game had 24 punts and 23 points. Uh, probably the worst game of the NFL season, but they do emerge victorious. They are 4-3 and three through seven games, which is insane to say with Rodgers having not uh, played in any of them. Is Rodgers playing next week? He looks pretty good. <laughs> He's moving around pretty good, but uh, it is going to be Zach Wilson here. Uh, I kind of lean the Jets. Sala has something brewing there. The positivity around that team. They were down uh, 10 to 7 with 24 seconds left and no timeouts uh, and had the ball at like the 20 and easily got down the field in two plays, kicked a field goal, went in in overtime and won it. I mean, the vibes are high right now for the Jets, so I lean there uh, in that one. Uh, so that's your week nine preview. We'll give you five picks here shortly on the ones we like best. Joey, it's time for your Jack and the Bum of the Week. A uh, ton of candidates this week. Uh, <laughs> I cannot believe how bad the Giants were yesterday. They threw for negative one yards. Uh, Tommy DeVito came in for the injured Tyrod Taylor. He went two of seven for negative one yards. I mean, just an absolute disaster there. Um, and then at the end of the game, basically all you have to do is keep 
the Jets like inbounds on two straight plays and you win the game. They couldn't even do that. Uh, they couldn't move the ball in overtime at all. I believe they had like minus 10 yards in overtime. I mean, one of the worst offensive performances we've seen in the NFL in a long time. Um, Kevin Stefanski, for his decision to not run the ball twice on third and three to ice the game, decided to try a risky pass, got deflected off Jamal Adams' helmet, and the Seahawks ended up winning the game. Bonehead decision by Stefanski there. Chiefs offense, nine points at Denver. Probably the worst Mahomes has looked in his entire career in any game. Uh, So they had to be on there. And then your beloved 49er defense giving up 31 uh, to the Bengals. Those are my candidates for Jack and the Bum of the Week. But you're going with someone who is the Jack and the Bum of an entire city right now. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Yeah, a lot of good candidates. um, But this week, uh, we're giving it to uh, Pittsburgh's Favorite son, Matt Canada. This is Jack and the Bum of the Week. Um, their offense is terrible. I know uh, Trubisky came in once Pickett got hurt. Didn't get any better. Um, but you know what? Retroactive bum, maybe? Because I just still can't get over that, that, that play where Pickett changed the play and got a touchdown, and he was, like, upset, like, <laughs> in the booth. His team beat the Ravens, and he's like, dang it. Like, uh, like red flag, like... All of them, like, put in, like, your phone chat, like, you text somebody, like, just put, like, ten red flags. That That's just weird. Um, they cannot move the ball. They, they don't do anything well. I, I think they have better players than what their their, their numbers are showing. Absolutely. Um, like, they have, they have an elite, elite defense. I mean, an average offense right now gets them – I mean, it's hard to say condensed. Their division is so damn good. Um, they could go ten and seven, eleven and six with an average offense, maybe even better. Yeah, I mean, you could argue every one of those teams that could make the playoffs if they have an average offense in, in like the division. Uh, yeah, they're terrible. They're, they're, I mean, I don't. There's they they don't. Uh, Kenny Pickett looks like he's has no idea what he's looking at. Um, yeah, I'm just looking. They, at, to your point, they have some weapons. They got Najee Harris and and Jalen Warren at running back. They've got. Two great receivers in Pickett and Deontay Johnson. Fryermuth's a good tight end. Offensive line is not that bad. Like this team should be, you know, an average to slightly below average offense. They probably are one of the bottom three in the NFL right now. Yeah, they're horrible, and uh, I don't, I don't see them making. Steelers aren't one of those organizations. At least I, I don't think that make a lot of changes, especially midseason. They've had like, what is it, like three head coaches, like last fifty years, whatever it is. Yeah, they keep putting that stat up. Like I, I think that also kind of extends to their coordinators. Uh, who knows? They they might be in the market for a QB in the offseason. Um, they should be. I think that's a logical landing spot for Cousins, but that's a talk for another. Oh, could be, could be. I don't really but see yeah. Kirk though meshing in Pittsburgh. I don't know why. <laughs> you don't. He's a Midwestern guy. I could see him. Well, yeah, we could talk about that forever where I think he's going. <laughs> he could be in San Francisco, but I digress. Um, yeah, bum, Matt Canada. Absolute bum. I mean, he is probably the most hated guy in, like, any of the I was watching right game now. day. College game day in the morning. Or was it maybe it was Pat, the Matt, Pat McAfee show. Because he does the, the his show, the Friday in. Yes, where the game day. And it was in Utah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he starts talking about Steelers and a fire Canada chant 
in Utah. Yeah. You know how bad you have to be in a state. My that first thing no was allegiance. like, wow, the Steelers got like crowds in Utah. I'm like, what an absolute brand of a football team. Uh, yeah, that's but that's nuts. I was like, wow, because I even saw one. I saw a Fire Canada chant at a Penguins game. I saw. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing the Pirates are in the World Series because be on the World Series too. Yeah, he should just resign. I mean, he's probably. Of, I mean, you don't like Steve Wilkes and the job that he's been doing, but I mean, of any coordinator or head coach in the NFL right now. I would still say at least Wilkes has players and he's failing. I think he <laughs> will. No, because I think Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh's got enough talent, but yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, Matt Canada, Joey's jacking the bum of the week for his miserable Steelers offense. Uh, looks like he'll be gone any minute now. Uh, they're four and three despite him, not because of him. Let's head over to my You Like That Picks of the Week. We went 4-1 and one last week. We cannot be stopped. We're 24-14-2 so far in 2023. Listen to any podcast out there that you want, you know, whoever you want. They're probably not going to have a percentage quite like that. We Yes, we have been extremely lucky, but I mean. My math man, says that's 50 kicking. points. <laughs> yeah, 50 points, 24-14-2. In the NHL, we'd be right at the top of the Pacific Division if we were a team. But I think the Sharks uh, are going to have that record after 50 games or whatever it is. Yeah, after 50 games, they'll no, have it was, it, was it that uh, 40? Sorry, math off. Yeah, we'll be the Sharks will be 2-24-1, and, and one, I think, something around that. But uh, not us. We're 24-14-2, we're and 4-1 and last week. Uh, we got there with uh, Tennessee uh, plus three, most – People who listen to it probably, if you bet it, were only able to get Tennessee at like plus two and a half, plus one. Uh, but Tennessee did get there. Philly minus five and a half. Miami minus eight and a half. Seattle minus two and a half. Only one we didn't get there with was uh, San Francisco minus four and a half. That line Hell moved yeah. a ton. Way to yeah. go. <laughs> Thanks, Niners. We could have had our first five and a week of the year. But all that being said, we're on fire. I actually do like the slate again this week. I feel like we're going to have another winning week. I like my bets. Let's start with Kansas City minus two and a half. You just take Mahomes. You take the pedigree. Miami has struggled against good teams. They all, all their wins are against teams like the Giants, the Patriots, the Panthers. Like they beat up on the bad teams. This is a really good team. This is an Andy Reid coach team. McDaniel will have his hands full. I like Kansas City minus two and a half. You and I both like Houston minus two and a half at home against Tampa Bay. Um, D'Amico probably should be four and three, maybe even five and two. Had some bad luck last week um, in uh, Carolina with that one. So we, we're picking Houston um, in that one to bounce back after that tough loss. Philly minus two and a half is a slam dunk for me. I was shocked that it was still at two and a half at some betting sites this morning. Um, in my opinion, it should be at least three and a half, maybe four. So we'll take Philly there. I think they're going to roll over Dallas. Um, we both love Cincinnati minus two. I mean, what what would this number have to be for you to not bet Cincinnati against Buffalo, given Buffalo's defensive injuries? I mean, I really like Cincy there. Eight and a half, nine. He, that's what I was saying. It's like, if, if it was four and a half, I'd probably still take Cincy. Like, it's a great number at two. We are all over that. Might even bet more than a unit on that one. And then Jets plus three. That's just a flyer. The fifth game is always a tough one for me. Couldn't find one that I liked that was going to be my fifth bet. So I'll go with the Jets plus three 
to me, if the Chargers win by more than three on the road against somebody, whatever, I'll take the loss. Like that's not a Charger thing to do to go on the road and and win comfortably. So uh, there they are. You're, you like that picks of the week for Week Nine in the NFL? We're 24, 14, and two so far in 2023, and here we go. Kansas City minus two and a half uh, in Frankfurt against Miami. Houston minus two and a half uh, in their game against Tampa. We like Philly a ton, uh, minus two and a half against Dallas. We like Cincy a ton, minus two uh, at home on Sunday night football against Buffalo. And then we'll take the Jets plus three on Monday night. There they are, your you like that picks of the week. Joey, it's time for your feels great, baby. Your wildest take you feel best about currently. And you're leaving the NFL to talk about the college game. Yeah, um, that's like I said, one big bummer about uh, going to a game is you kind of miss everything. On a Sunday of football. So I spent all my time watching football on Saturday. At least more of it. And uh, my big takeaway and my uh, thing I feel great, pretty great about right now is Pac-12 is going to get a team in the playoff. Uh, Pac-12 is unfortunately uh, at their extinction. Um, actually, <laughs> but they're like, I mean, someone said it and I can't disagree. You could argue that they're the best conference in the, in the, in the, in the nation this year. Amazing. I mean, they're like... Like, Washington is a powerhouse. Oregon, powerhouse. Like, I think Utah's pretty good, although they got waxed by Oregon. Oregon State is good. Uh, USC Utah's was missing good. their quarterback, and, and, you know, I think Utah would have been a national title contender had Cam Rising been healthy. Yeah, and USC wasn't, see, if we want some takes, <laughs> USC, like, Lincoln Riley has... Uh, um, I just lost I don't, control. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> yeah. lost control. But I just seeing. Well, you would know. You're even in LA. I wonder. I mean, USC is pretty. I mean, they got to be talked about at least a little bit down there. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, like, I, I'm wondering if Caleb Williams, if he does like kind of quit on the team, like his. I mean, his talent really isn't changing. Obviously, his skill set. But like, if I was a team, this whole season is just. I don't know. Like, would he be? There's so many good quarterbacks. Like, would he be the, the first vibe guy? down here? The vibe down here in L.A. in terms of USC is that Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and the the major players on that team, charm and soft. Like these are guys. Well, that's who don't that's want Lincoln's that smoke. thing on, on was at Oklahoma too. Like, like in Colin, Colin loves USC. Talks about them all the cowards show. Yeah, and he's talked about it. Like their defense is just being just a joke like a complete definition of a big 12 defense um like that's like that's lincoln's big knock is that he just clearly doesn't care about it when you look at like comparison like you know the niner kyle like he puts a huge emphasis on defense like look at where they pay players their draft picks you know and lincoln and i don't know i just and and caleb that's the thing when you had such the great season caleb had last year like it's hard to do it again, mm-hmm. um, in college, when there's so much turnover. But yeah, I, I mean, they I, should have lost at Cal last to week Cal. <laughs> yeah, Cal, who may not even have a football team in a few years, and they yeah. almost lost that one. Um, yeah, I mean USC, should, but I mean, even the other like, Col- I mean, obviously Colorado was the talk of the town for a couple of weeks. Like if they're like your sixth or seventh best team in your, you know, conference. I mean, 
you know, they're they're uh, they're only going to get better with all the recruits Dion's going to get. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, my honestly, when I typed it up, my first thing I wanted to put like to go super hot take is they're going to get two teams in the playoff. That would be nuts because you would have to have because it'd be Oregon and Oregon. like if Oregon and Washington played a hell of a Pac-12 because I believe the Pac-12 changed it. It's no longer North and South. Like yeah, the champs. It is. so it's it's the best two. If it's Oregon and Washington, and Washington beat Oregon last week in Washington, if they play again, and Oregon beats them in a hell of a Pac-12 championship, and they both got one loss, I mean, I mean. That's you you would do it would, if it was an SEC teams. It would have to be Georgia going undefeated, Alabama losing a second game, um, probably like Ohio State going undefeated. Or you would have to have Ohio undefeated. State going undefeated and beating Michigan. Yeah, Michigan losing because if, twice. if Michigan yeah would it or be twice? losing once to Ohio State. Yeah, because I don't think they'd put Michigan with one loss over Oregon or what? Because I with all the shit going around Michigan right now, yeah. I don't think they want to put them in the playoff if they no. don't have to. And the um, Big 12 doesn't have anybody. No. No, but I mean, they could have had, like, Texas. Oklahoma just lost yeah. to Kansas. Yeah. Like, I mean, if Oregon and Washington go through their schedules and each finish with one loss. Hmm. Could be pretty crazy. The but if, final but if, season of the Pac-12 but if, and their but their if Washington electric. goes if Washington goes undefeated, which they've already beat Oregon, I don't know if they still got to play Oregon State or US. But like if they go undefeated, I mean, are they obviously they're in? They're obviously. but I'm not like are they like the are they up there like one or two? Like would they be ahead of? Oh like yeah. A, if they're the if they're I mean with their resume with how they played in the big games, I think unless. That's the thing I, that the th- Pac-12 just I hasn't had. They, part of the reason why they've too. had they've never had a playoff team is like the team that wins the championship. Like they're like, who did you beat? Like every team is ass. And, <laughs> but like this year, they're like, look at who we beat. Like all yeah. these teams, it's like Utah, Oregon State. Like okay, you beat Colorado. That's at least a little bit now. You know, yeah. uh, it's the Pac-12 is going from uh, yeah Pac-12 elite swan song to the Tupac, two Pac-12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, unbelievable season for, for the Pac-12 going out on a high. I think their games, especially like you watch all the SEC and Big Ten and Big 12 games, and then at night you're like, oh, there's still some Pac-12 games on. They've always been electric. Like this whole season. Yeah, up really until this good. year, it's like, who gives a crap? But yeah, like this year, even that USC Cal game was like must watch, like awesome game. But I mean, even uh, but even then, they've had like like some of their 12-30 games, like. Like I mean, the Oregon Utah was like, oh, this is this great is a, game. This this feels like it's, you know, like the Alabama Tennessee game last year, or like Georgia, right. you know, whoever. I like, know this is Bo Nix's like seventy third season. Oh, he's like Van Wilder. Yeah, he's on that seven year plan. But even he's, so, he's on like I mean, he's, he's on looked really he's on good. like the red shirt transfer COVID extra year like, um, <laughs> you know, whatever. Plan. Yeah, I feel like he's been. He's playing been in college like as long as I was. <laughs> yeah, he's looked insane. But you know, you look at that game, like like this. Well, not this, but I keep thinking about last week, Washington, Oregon. I mean, I mean, Michael Penix Jr. is going to be a high draft pick, but Bo yeah. Nix. I mean, I thought Bo Nix, like you think, like oh, he was like discarded by Auburn. Like who the hell have they had? Like he a didn't quarterback look good at Auburn. <laughs> and then he goes to Oregon. It's like this guy's going to be a, I mean, top 10, 15 pick. Yeah. In the draft. Maybe not that high, yeah. but first round electric. I mean, 
If Michael Penix Jr. threw right-handed, the dude is the first pick in the draft. That's my hot. <laughs> yeah, take. we need another good lefty opposite Tua, though. I mean, it's been a while. This guy's better than Tua. Multiple lefties. Okay, now there's a take. Let's see. Let's see if Michael Penix like, Jr. I I watched Washington. The way this guy throws the ball, like the only thing I could say is like it only looks kind of weird because he's left-handed. If this guy was right-handed, he's the first pick in the draft. <laughs> Move aside, Caleb Williams. Michael Penix coming for your spot there at the top of the draft next year. Uh, let's close the pod. Uh, we got to talk about some other sports outside the NFL. I wanted to have a discussion about. Obviously, after this Vikings injury uh, where Cousins is out for the year, basically all of my teams other than Tottenham Hotspur, who I love, they're in first place in the Premier League. That's very exciting for me. But all my teams that I traditionally root for, the A's, the Vikings, and the Sharks, are now essentially completely unwatchable. And, like, this is a – let's talk about best practices for a sports fan whose teams suck. Like, what do you do in this situation? Do you – you know, not watch the games as much as you normally would if the team was in contention? Do you still watch and try to be like, oh, this young guy looks good for the future? Do you do a little mix of both? Like, Because with the A's last year, because of the relocation situation, I turned it off and did not watch basically anything after mid-April. But for the Vikings this year, obviously I have to watch because we're still in contention even though we lost our quarterback. But then there's the Sharks on the other end of the spectrum where they're just, it's a full tank job. Like, what do you I do don't even think it's a suck? tank. I think they just suck ass. <laughs> yeah, what do you, I mean, the, what, the you correct, went the correct this with answer, the Niners in the Chip Kelly The correct uh, answer here. is it depends on the sport. Because, right. like, football, like, even if your team sucks ass, it's still as fun, you know, whether it's, like, betting or fantasy football. Like, that's what makes mm-hmm. it so, like, just... Uh, what's the word like invincible as just a sport as a brand the nfl like i mean what else are you gonna do when it's cold and rainy outside on a sunday (laughs) or the weekend you know um and then you go the other end of the spectrum like the a's who not only just aren't good they don't have any like that the the a's that's the thing they sell all these players off like all you don't develop that like emotional to like certain even like a guy like a coco crisp who never yeah. was like the best player, like, or he's never making an all star. He probably did in his career, like an all star game. I mean, but he's never a top even 50 player. Yeah. yeah. But like, you love that guy. Like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, obviously Donaldson and Sesswood is back then, but even like a guy like Brandon Moss, you're like, I fucking love Brandon Moss. Yes. Yeah. Like, that doesn't exist with the A's. Yeah. And like, it's every day, like, watching that every single day is like difficult. And then on top of that, the team's like, we're spending no money and we're going to move. Like, the, there's no like brand, there's no like book that teaches you how to be a fan for that. It's just you're not. Like, what happens is, is you're not. Yeah. Like, the Sharks is kind of in the middle. Like, especially being what I still feel like is my favorite team, my favorite sport, although it's been pretty hard like the last three or four years. Because, <laughs> um, like, I still love to watch it, like, follow the team. Like, if the game's, I'll watch it. Like, I. But, like, am I reorganizing my entire week around it? <laughs> no. Um, right. Like, you know, so especially seasons... on top of that with having a kid. Like, I'm yeah. not like, oh, hey, you know, hey, honey, dear, can you uh, can you take care of him for, like, a few hours? Like, I just want to, like, you know, I work today. I just want to watch the game. Like, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not starting World War III at home over <laughs> the Sharks and... Uh, Columbus. Yeah, Columbus yeah. on a Tuesday night. No thanks, um, but yeah, I I still like follow all the transactions. Every like follow like you know you know 
How about like just a little, just you know, round of applause for my boy Joe Thornton retiring officially. Absolutely, my favorite athlete of all time. Yeah, um, definitely in my top five. Tip of the cap to you, Jumbo. Um, all time. It's been great. a long time since we like. We'd probably be a really super long time until we ever see anyone. Number one, the talent, and number two, like again, I love that guy. Like there are sharks players that I love that if I see them when they're fifty five years old and they have no, like, they haven't scored a goal in twenty five years for my team, I still would be like, can I shake your hand, get a picture, right? Mm-hmm. If I saw if if I saw Mc- Michael Granlin in the street, I would not give a shit. If <laughs> I saw like Mario Ferraro, any of these guys, I don't care. Like. Like you guys have never helped me with any what what it boils down to is you've never provided a moment like that yes. I remember in my life. It's not the wins, it's not like it's not like, oh, look at how many like division titles is, or like any playoff wins, like who cares? Mm-hmm. It's like do you know how many times in my living room I was with people I loved that like Joe Thornton, Patrick Marlowe, you know, uh Nabokov, you go Brent Burr, all these all these players. Mm-hmm. You go to football, like even just even hell, like a Jimmy Garoppolo. I I the guy I think the guy you know is a very flawed player, but I love Jimmy Garoppolo because he's been like he's helped me have moments with my with my dad, my mom, you know, you know, people that I love being around, and like that's what it is. And like with the A's and Sharks, and like maybe your I mean I still think it's like football you can I mean like there's only so many games and and but like specifically like the A's and Sharks, like I haven't had any one of those moments with. In, in A's or Sharks team in, in years. And yeah. like, so Since you don't at have... at least 2019. Like, at least. Like, like I, if they wanted to hire, if they wanted to sign Joe to a one-day contract for him to play Thursday, you bet your ass I'd put my ass in a seat <laughs> in the stadium. Yeah. I'm not driving all the way out there for any, like, player. Like, you, like the A's, like we said, love Brandon Moss. Like, I freaking loved Douglas Murray. The dude was like a fifth defenseman on the roster. <laughs> like the fifth defense on the Sharks right now, like I don't even know who that is. Like, do you know how yeah. big of a problem that is if you're like the team and like trying to sell tickets you're and like buzz? Like, I'm top the demographic. 1% fan. Yeah. I'm the demographic. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't get me to name the player, like no one knows. <laughs> like, you know, I I'm the top one percent. I mean, sure, there are people who really, 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 really love it who maybe don't have kids now or like you know, a job or like maybe they do have 24 hours in a day to like devote their time to these things, but it just sucks. I mean, you say, what's the, what's the best practice? It just sucks. <laughs> like I, I was going to say that I think it, like you said, obviously you know it depends is? on the this sport. This is a good thing to, to plug this, which, uh, um, uh, Kayla's mom brought it. She's staying with us for a few days, but she brought it cause she thought of me, but you know, I love my beer, but look at this. This is what I am. Sad Dad. This is what it is. Oh. This is what it is. Sad Dad and, Triple IPA. Holy shit! Yeah, I'm an IPA guy. This is this is pretty. I'm not. I don't. I like triples, but but there's things says because because you're a dad when there's only time for one, which is so true. You get one. <laughs> you get one that knocks you out. <laughs> this thing is like an eleven percenter. Oh hell yeah, yeah. So that's what you got to be pounding when you're when it's you're like yeah. Team I've never sucks. had it before. I didn't even know it existed, but it was in our fridge when, when I got home yesterday. She's like, oh, yeah, I thought of you. I'm like, oh, that's what I am. Sad dad. Um, <laughs> but I've thought about it. Like the Sharks, you know, like when they were like breaking my heart every year, like in the playoffs, 
I was always like, you know what? I just, you know, when it, it just, I wonder what it's like to have your team just suck and like you never have to like want to like, you know, murder somebody or something like after a loss. <laughs> like you don't have like anger problems. And, and the well, truth you've is, had it for five the, years. The truth is, is I've had enough experience and I'm like, yeah, I would, I would take losing like in a reverse sweep right now. I really would. <laughs> yeah. Like, because. Because it's not just like you win three playoff games, but then you like lose four in a row, like because the you still won three playoff games, which means you also won a lot of games over a span of like four or five months in the regular season that were probably pretty cool to watch as just general entertainment. Right now, I just don't have any entertainment. Yeah. Like it's just I was sad say, dad it, all the time. It depends on the sport, yes, but it depends on the team even more. Like. The A's have shown no reason to watch them since 2022 when they pulled the plug and traded all their best players. The Sharks have shown no reason to watch them at any point in the last five seasons. The Vikings, I think it it's watchable, yes, because it's the NFL, but like if they can get halfway decent quarterback play, they can still make the playoffs. So it's still watchable, even though the season is for all intents and purposes over. So tough situation for us as A's and Sharks fans. Your Niners are on the slide. My Vikings just lost our franchise quarterback for the season. Tough times right now. I'm hoping next week we can come back and say, hey, you know, the Vikings made a deal. They got well, a I can't lose next town. week. Yeah, you can't lose because the Niners are on the bye. Hopefully they acquire someone, maybe a corner, maybe a offensive lineman, defensive lineman. We shall see. I hope we have something positive to talk about next week after a tough week here on the pod. But uh, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about week nine. We'll preview week 10. Hopefully our teams are back on the up and up. Uh, thanks again for joining us for another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. And we will see you next week. Yeah! <laughs>